0: Got to do let's get into the show hey guys welcome to this week's podcast episode for the financial freedom podcast i'm really excited about today's guest dominique tyke he's actually a fighter pilot background and today he's going to be talking all about the fighter pilot mindset as it applies to business owners entrepreneurs athletes the top five tips to being a peak performer as well as his recent book Single Seat Wisdom and with that I'm happy to welcome Dominic to
1: the show welcome thanks for having me chris
0: yeah uh we connected through podmatch and you know kind of I love hearing people's stories it gives me inspiration you know angles to talk about so you know let introduce yourself to the audience
1: yeah so i started out um with a a passion for aviation and that kind of you know there was there's certain people in my life that that helped that along growing up, and um, I thought the best way to do that growing up was to to be an uh, aircraft mechanic, and um, I just ended up bumping into two or three people that uh, basically gave me permission to start flying, and so that's that's really where it started. When I was 16 years old, instead of wrenching on airplanes, I started flying them, and. <laughs> You know, by, by the time I was 18, I was a civilian flight instructor. Um, you know, I had about 12 civilian students that I was, you know, working with at any one point in time. And I had always wanted to be a fighter pilot or a professional baseball player. So I was I was kind of I was playing baseball five to seven days a week in junior college. And I was also flying. And um, it just got to a point where I, I I thought I had to pick one. So I, I went the flying route um, clearly. And then. You know fast forward three or four years i applied to the air force got picked up to go to pilot training i went through officer training school and then the competition to get into the fighter pilot community you know starts there too so i um, made the push to the fighter track and eventually found myself in a, in a single seat fighter jet and um you know the rest is kind of history from there as they say
0: Yeah, it's fascinating and um you know uh you know although like we were talking about you know fighter pilots are very similar to athletes Entrepreneurs, CEOs, you know, musicians. Um, so, talk about this <clears throat> this mindset and uh, kind of the key applications as it applies to business, entrepreneurship, success.
1: Yeah, I think the the thing that I learned um, as a fighter pilot was that I wasn't born to be a fighter pilot, and I don't. I think very few people are. I've I've met a few students because I um, right now I'm a I'm a full time um, F-16 fighter pilot instructor. Um, we see. We see students all the way into the, you know, two, two and three star generals that are coming back to get trained um, all the way to the, you know, one year in the Air Force lieutenant that's learned how to fly a fighter jet. So we have a pretty big expanse of, of people that we teach and that I think as a business owner, something to understand is um, knowing that m- me personally and, and probably most, we're not, you know, we aren't born to be fighter pilots. It's a, it's a learned behavior. And so if you're starting a business, um, just realize you can you can beat yourself up quite a bit when you make mistakes. And I think knowing that um, if you want to be an athlete, somebody doesn't step into the batter's box and hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball from Randy Johnson, right? That's a learned behavior. So it takes time. And the first year, you know, ha- having been a fighter pilot for a number of years, I started a couple of businesses um, at the same time, and, and one of them I turned off, and the other one that was um, really taking off and, and gave me a bigger why we, we kept going. And that one was a, um, a passive apartment investing syndication business that I started for fighter pilots. So that one took off. And during the first year, it was a disaster. I mean, it was just it, like every day is putting out fires and you're just learning a lot. And I think um, as a fighter pilot, what I learned was that you, it, because it's a learned behavior, it's just a matter of time. You know, I had read books I had hired people to help and it's just, that first year is just kind of, you know, you just gotta kind of roll with the punches. And if you roll out of bed in the morning, knowing that you're gonna be putting out fires and that you're gonna, stuff is going to come up that day. Um, I think that's a good mindset to start with versus, oh, I just want it to be a nice, chill, peaceful day. That's, that's not really what happens in the first year of business ownership, at least in my experience. And I don't know what, it, Chris, if you've if you've seen kind of the same thing, you're just learning a lot, you know, that first year
0: a huge learning curve and um you know I love this uh idea is like where you kind of expect and you kind of um have to adapt and then so one thing is you know because uh you know with fighter pilots you're dealing with you know these multi-million dollar planes and equipment so talk about uh, refining your purpose using fighter pilot planning techniques because you have to you know adjust and I'm sure the audience would love to hear about that
1: yeah so I mean there's a there's a simple Fast forward through COVID, we started um, reaching out to a lot of the students to connect with them on a different level. Um, we ended up, we being myself and 19 other fighter pilots wrote a book called Single Seat Wisdom. And they're just short little punchy anecdotal stories and chapters written by fighter pilots that you can apply to different you know, parts of your life. And that was, it was a hobby when I first started it. And then I go, you know, I don't, I don't want this to be a hobby. It, it became a very terrible hobby. So we turned it into a business and we give all the money to a children's cancer nonprofit. And the reason I tell you that is because in single seat wisdom, volume two, we wrote a second book with 20 more chapters and we're actually in the process of writing the third volume right now. But in that second book, there is a test pilot fighter pilot astronaut that wrote a chapter specifically, I think that applies to business owners. And he wrote his chapter called plan, execute debrief. So I think the big things there is that everybody can realize that, you know, you, you need a plan to start, um, some people, um, overanalyze things. You know, you get stuck in what, what they call, you know, the analysis paralysis phase, and you're just constantly planning and you talk to them, Chris, and you're like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, Oh, I'm just, you know, tweaking my plan, but they never start. And I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I'll throw a plan together. And then I start, cause that's how I learn, but there's, there's negatives to both sides, right? If you're me, I need somebody with big brains that can poke holes in my plans. And then, you know, and, and a lot of times that's my wife, And she'll kind of grab me by the collar and be like, Hey, do you think about this? And I'm like, No, I need to, I need to fix that part of my plan. And then there's the other side of the people that are just stuck. So I would say when you're when you're in the plan execute debrief process, plan enough to get going. Just realize that if realize what side of the spectrum you're on, and then surround yourself with people that can either hold you accountable to get you going, or in my case, hold you accountable to the plan and maybe tweak that before you start. The execution phase, um, that could be every day, it could be every hour. So as you put your plan into action, you know, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, start with five minutes and just go, hey, where intentionality, like, where am I going with this plan? Where am I going today? And at the end of the day, and even during the day, you can do um, these little mini debriefs. Actually, now I'm remembering, Single Seat Wisdom Volume One, dirty bird uh his call sign's dirty he wrote he's a top gun um air force instructor weapons officer and he wrote this chapter on debrief and i think that's a lot that's one of the biggest things that makes american fighter pilots the best uh in the world and i'm and i'm happy to say i'm part of that group i am not one of the best i'm just a i'm a dude that is happy to be part of that big group but he he has a construct on how to debrief and what that means so call that giving yourself feedback. Um, but at the as, as soon as you're done executing or while you're executing, you can be debriefing yourself and asking yourself, is this working? And I think a lot of the traps that, especially if you're an investment or business, if things are working, you need to ask yourself the hard question, is it luck? Because I've had some luck, which is is fun, but it wasn't due to my own efforts. It just kind of worked out. And so the the times that hurt the worst are the ones where you fail, you lose some money, Um, you know, I remember my second or third little apartment complex that I bought totally jacked up the landscaping budget. And so I didn't account for $110,000 in additional work that needed to be done on that property, not to include like, I mean, this one we had roofs were burned off, windows were broken. We had to cut floors to put sewer lines in. So it was, you know, we were we were spending you know anywhere from 80 to $120,000 a month. And now I get this bill and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about this. And mm-hmm. that was a very difficult lesson to learn, but I had to debrief myself. And guess what, Chris? I eventually made the money back, <laughs> it hurt, it stung, but at the same time, it was a good lesson. And, and I think had I run away from that, I wouldn't have really learned that. So that was part of the debrief. So plan, execute, debrief, as a business owner, that simple construct is has been really helpful and it's something that fighter pilots learn and we do it every day i mean every time we fly we, we use that construct
0: i i trained in um you know like surgeons you know there's kind of this time frame some could be milliseconds seconds you know could be weeks months years you know and then you have to kind of adjust you know i'm, I'm sure yours is seconds because you know you're you know air, you know fighter pilot and um and i love this idea of debriefing because you talk about effective debriefing and that's a way to sidestep the competition, and um, I'm sure you know these are really. What are some of your tips on how to effectively debrief?
1: Yeah, so as you know, I I wish these were my original thoughts, but they aren't. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> smart people that put this stuff together. So as you debrief um, and you sit down, you need to say, did you know? Did I execute my game plan? Which means you had a plan in the first place, which we've already talked to. So if if you executed your plan and it worked, you need to then ask yourself, well, why did it work, right? Was it luck? Was it because my plan actually worked? Is there, is there something within that construct that that game plan that I can tweak if it didn't work? So if you're like, did, as you ask yourself, did my game plan work? And you say, no, you're now it's an if then statement. So if no, then you go down the other side and you say, well, well, why, right? Was it just a bad plan? Did I, did I actually execute the game plan? And so you can kind of dig in and figure out, was it me as the business owner? Was it somebody on my team? Was it maybe, and then there's, there's the primary contributing factor, which is what you're looking for. It was a bad plan or it was a bad, um, uh, we executed the plan incorrectly. And then there's all of the contributing factors. So try to find that one. And you know, people say, peel back the onion, there's all sorts of platitudes for it, but try to find that one piece. That, is, that goes, if this one thing did not happen or happened differently or whatever, that primary contributing factor, we need to do that differently next time. And then there's gonna be, so this is kind of like uh, in college we did this, uh, and you've probably done the same thing where they're like, we're, in, we're brainstorming right now. There's no bad ideas, right? And then somebody says something in your mind, you're like, that's a bad idea, but you write <laughs> it down anyways, right? So that's the part where, when you're trying to find that primary contributing factor, write everything down. Mm-hmm. So just just itemize that and go. Hey, this is a contributing factor, contributing factor, contributing factor to this. You know, um, I said this to my property management company, and then they ran down this path. So that's a contributing factor. It could have been me. Um, you know, so as you write all that stuff down, you're really digging for that one thing that derailed the whole, you know, derailed the train. So try to find that one thing, and then I hinted at it earlier. Write it down. Um, I thought I could remember quite a few things and I had, I had pretty good recall, but until I started writing things down every day, I didn't realize how much I was missing. And those notes were, were key to not relearning those mistakes over and over. So Mm. I'd say just to sum that up, as you are debriefing, ask yourself, did I execute the game plan? If yes, then you need to run down that trail. If no, start finding and listing all of those contributing factors, but write it down.
0: Yeah, really interesting. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, analysis. And then, um, and it reminds me of the startup entrepreneurship world where it's like, um, the more you, the faster you iterate, you know, make decisions, execute, and then you kind of do this debrief like very quickly. And then that's how you get the scale and product market fit and, you know, um, critical mass. So, um, you know, which brings us to the next question is, uh, you have this, uh, single, seat mindset. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, what is, what is that? Uh, what is that? What is it unique about it?
1: Yeah. So the, the single seat part of it is that we, we, <laughs> we train individuals to fly a single seat fighter jet, and it takes a certain mindset that as we talked about earlier is learned. And so, um, I kind of alluded to it earlier in the, in the talk, but the, the, I started single seat, I was actually mountain biking one morning and it was during COVID. And I'm, you know, up at the, in the foothills of the mountain and I just stop and I'm looking out of the city and I'm like, what could, what could I do during COVID that would help? And so as a single seat fighter pilot myself, I started asking other fighter pilots to put their story on paper. And then I started sending the current class, the way it started really was me sending them a little one to two minute message once a week. And it was there, the stories are, they have an aviation twist to them. But they are, but they are applicable to. I started, and I think that's the the thing that I realized that they're applicable to other walks in life. Whether you're a professional athlete, a doctor, a, an accountant, a lawyer, whatever, they they were applicable. So it was stuff like, um, and usually the way that I started the little snippet was a story about myself and how I messed up, and it was, hey, this is how you avoid messing up like I did. Um, this is how you can, you know win in this situation or whatever and that became something very kind of clunky and arduous that I had to do every week. So that's where it really shifted from being a hobby to I was like, you know, I've made I've built websites, I've I've built businesses before, I'm going to make this a business. So we started the single seat website and then on there we it took a bunch of different names but essentially that program's called the competent wingman and it's essentially something that anybody can sign up for free. And it just gives you a little snippet once a week. And it's just, they're just little ideas that fighter pilots learn. And again, I have to laugh at myself, right. That's part of, um, kind of learning, I guess, but I I read some of the stuff about stupid mistakes that I made. Right. And it's like, you can just avoid this mistake altogether if you do this thing here. Um, so that was, it was kind of, therapeutic for me to write about how many times I had made mistakes. And I realized that that's really what started to connect with the students is the ones that when they would read a story or they'd read a short little snippet and be like, dude, I didn't know that you did X, Y and Z. And I'm like, yeah. And you're going to probably do it, too, because you're a a young lieutenant, learn how to fly fast jets in this world. And that's part of growing
0: really really fascinating. And so, um, you know, as we're coming kind of to the close of this talk, which is really interesting and this um, this uh, fighter pilot mindset, and um, you know your book series. Um, one thing is talking about. You have um, what are the top five tips for entrepreneurs, business owners? Uh, you would have liked to know when starting out as a for peak performance.
1: So I've I've actually throughout time I've kind of distilled them down into uh, more of I like one thing, but if if not one, maybe two or three. So I would say just the three things. So the first one is. Um, I think a lot of people that, you know, like, like you and I we want to go somewhere in life. We, we start achieving stuff and I call it the achievement hamster wheel where you're just, you're stuck in this hamster wheel and you're just running. You feel like you're at a sprint every day. And so you, you, by the end of the day, you're like, what the heck happened? Did I get anything done? And so uh, the way to avoid the achievement hamster wheel is to acknowledge, I feel like a disaster at the end of every day. And I'm just going, going, going. That's Okay. As long as you start to identify it, so the way that I change things to avoid that is I started going to bed a little bit earlier. Whether that was thirty minutes to an hour, I mm. stopped watching Netflix. I stopped looking at social media. Don't look at any of that garbage. It's just poisoning your mind. So go to bed a little bit earlier, and then I call it the five minutes of freedom or the five minutes of whatever you want in the morning. That's where you. That's where you build your daily plan. Um, whether that's silent prayer, whether that's just focusing on like what's my intention today so that's step number one is avoid the achievement hamster wheel make sure you're getting good sleep and then when you wake up before you start your sprint that day you need to know where you're going (laughs) so that's that's number one the next one number two is build a team you can control and i think the important piece of that is at least when i started my my first business I fired 80% of the people that I initially hired in the first year. So Mm -hmm. it's the classic hire slow, fire fast. And I did it opposite. I hired fast and I waited way too long to fire a lot of people. And it caused me a lot of problems. It cost me a lot of money. So Mm -hmm. that team as you're hiring them, you know, obviously you're going to make mistakes. You're going to hire the wrong people. It's going to happen. That's it's just a, a factor in, in the business. And a lot of the people that I hired weren't the correct people for the job. So I wouldn't hire a heart doctor to fix my foot, you know, kind of the same and maybe a bad analogy. I'm trying to use like a medical doctor analogy, but in the same, in the same vein, I hired an accountant that didn't know how to do accelerated cost appreciation and didn't know how to do all of the stuff that I was doing within the apartment investing business that I was doing. So hire Hmm. the right people for the right job, just because they're an accountant doesn't mean that they do the type of accounting that you will need them to do. So build that team. And then more importantly, and I think doctors are a lot like this too. Fighter pilots are definitely like this. You need to fire yourself from jobs that you have no business doing. So I started out doing my own accounting—terrible idea. I started out—I mean, I grew up building houses and pouring concrete, so I was—I was doing renovations. I fired myself from that. I'm like, if I'm going to run this business, I can't be swinging hammers and and putting up sheetrock. I need to run the business. So avoid the achievement hamster wheel. Number one, build that team that you can control. And fire yourself from the jobs you have no business doing. And then the last one we've already talked about: is plan, execute, debrief. So as you're doing that, just realize action. The the people that take the action, and more importantly, the correct action, are obviously going to get 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 ahead. You know, I think it was uh, Bucky Fuller that talked about accelerated acceleration, right? So if you can get that um, the proverbial flywheel moving, which takes a lot of effort initially, if you can get that thing spinning, it'll it'll generate its own momentum. And as you get going and you, and you go back like, okay, five minutes in the morning, where am I going today? And then as you're, you're working through the day, be like, okay, wh- what's my team doing? Where are my pain points? And then you're like, okay, plan, execute, debrief. And you're running those simple constructs. That's really what changed everything. And now I probably work about 10% of the amount of time that I used to do. And I, and I have 10 times as much stuff going on. Really
0: fascinating uh, there's you know we could spend a whole hour or so on you know just those techniques and um you know and I, I love this you know talking to entrepreneurs you know this whole routine and getting enough sleep is like so important and you know uh eliminating negative influences how can people contact you follow you check your workout follow you on social media and so on
1: yeah so the the best place right now is singleseatmindset.com. So, like a single seat fighter pilot, singleseatmindset.com. And then for the people that hung on for your interview, if you live in the United States or at an APO address um, and you go to singleseatmindset.com forward slash podcast gift, it's all one word, all lowercase. Um, the first three people to sign up, I'll send them a free copy of single seat wisdom. There's no strings attached. That business is strictly to help a children's cancer nonprofit and to give back.
0: Nice. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of giving back. And, um, and for all the audience out there, let's thank Dominic for coming on and uh, speaking tons of wisdom and alpha, and all of his resources will be included in the show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Chris. I had a great time.